Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. From the glow of St. Paul's number one, welcome to another edition of Cabin Country. Give us the time and we'll take you out of the traffic. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Away from the levee. Let's find the place where the loons call out among the moonlit waves, where the wind sighs among the Norway pines. Pull up a dock chair, have a sip of your coffee, and get a line in the water. This is Cabin Country. Now here's Bjorn Lloydstead, and I'm Fudd Klugman with another Woodland Escape. All right, welcome back to another episode here of the Cabin Country Podcast. I remain Bjorn Lloydstead, and of course I'm joined by Fudd Klugman. Hey there. Hey, Fudd. It's uh, good to be back with summer here, and the 
humidity raging back in, letting us know it's summer in cabin country. That's right. Requisite rainfall that comes along with it from time to time clears it out. And, uh, well, we had a fairly busy week last week, Foot. Perhaps you could tell us and our listeners about. Yes, we did. It was the, the, the June trip up to the Gull River, the first weekend of June, which, of course, is also the annual Donovan Bassmaster Classic. Sinks right up with the Bassmaster. We got to leave nice and early on a Friday and uh, head up in relatively light traffic. True. And uh, enjoy our few days up at the the Gull River. We also brought a new member of the uh, Cabin Country podcast. Third wheel, if you will. Spotty. Spotty the safety frog. Yes, indeed. Came along. Perhaps some of you have seen the the video, the safety, winter safety video that uh, he put out. Gun safety. Worked hard there. He's concerned for everybody not getting hypothermia. So that's... uh, (laughs) I think before we get into the trip, though, you know, we've reached the stage, even though comparatively speaking in the podcast world, you know, 20 episodes isn't a lot for being being at it for two years now. Uh, But, you know, there's a lot of factors. It takes time to get going and um, quality, not quantity. That's right. We're all about quality here. here, Right, Don? That's right. Don's all about quality. That's right. Don nodded. That's great. Uh, but um, thumbs up from down. We wanted to take a little extra effort to actually trying to reach out a little more. I mean, most podcasters are saying, "Hey, be sure to subscribe and and uh, tell us how you like the show." And Absolutely. Uh, Bjorn and I have always chosen to remain a little silent on that. But uh, no, I, I think it's I think it's time. It's high time. We have uh, a, a way that you can contact us: uh, an email, which is cabincountrypod at gmail dot com. It's also important to leave reviews on iTunes. It's helpful, of course, knowing that people are liking what you're doing to right, kind of inspire right. you and Some redirection, keep, perhaps keep you going. And um, Don's kind of showed me the you know the number of, of listeners out there and so forth. And oh yeah, there's 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 more than four. I thought it was maybe just <laughs> you know my cousin or two. And sure, but no, we've got got a few out there. So thank you so much, absolutely, for your support. And so we're so what we're going to do here. Uh, for those of you who are interested in writing a review, I've got 10 Cabin Country coffee mugs. When I was looking online to order some, you know, because it's, I thought it was time to start merching. Absolutely. And I found a company that makes them. Uh, they didn't have a limit like, well, if you order 800, we'll give them to you for $10 a piece. <laughs> Anything less than that, we'll have to charge $17. So nope. I didn't have to take out a second mortgage on the house right. so that we could have uh, coffee mugs. But uh. What's kind of cool is that uh, this company is actually located in England. Wow. Uh, you know, I, that's just the way it came Welsh out. Welsh pottery. English, English pottery from Wales. So anybody who cares to write a review, and then email us at cabincountrypod. Dot, or at, at gmail.com. Wait a minute. Say that again, Bjorn. One more time, but cabincountrypod at gmail.com. There we go. There we and go. then, uh, yeah, let us know that, yeah, we wrote a review. Where's where's my mug? I'll, we'll send you one. We'll send you one. The first ten. The first ten, right. I better put a limit on that. Otherwise, we'll be, then we will be going broke, maybe. I'm not <laughs> sure. But, but anyway, uh, let's get back to our, our weekend trip. I, I did some prepping for it right. myself. Um, last year at this time, Bjorn had some luck in a bay that we found that, the, you know, the bass were sort of 
leaping at it Bjorn's... Unbelievable. His frog arbogast uh, jitterbug. And unfortunately, he lost it. I think we've mentioned that. It did. That. It did. It was a heartbreaker. I mean... Snapped I, a line. And... Inside of five minutes. We landed one that was... I think you estimated it at about a, about a two-pound bass, a good eater. Mm-hmm. It was delicious. And uh, right along the edge of that bay and lots of logs and lily pads, and we just kept throwing, and five minutes hadn't gone by, and all of a sudden I was right back in action. And I was throwing out there, as Fudd mentioned, a, a kind of a vintage, like yeah. 50s, 1950s, 1960s Arbogast frog jitterbug. And uh, I remember seeing... What appeared to me to be a much larger bass coming right up. I managed, it, was, it put up a good fight. I got it up to the edge of the boat, and the, the rod doubled over again. And all of a sudden, boom, and it just snapped back to attention. Yes. And I thought, oh, no. And sure enough, and within seconds, that bass was up and out of the water, shaking its head for all, all it was worth, trying to get rid of my frog, Arbogast Jitterbug, <laughs> right. which was firmly stuck in its lip. Yes. And I thought... That was my plan this year. FUD was, I'm getting the lure back. Right. I'm going to catch that catch thing that again. I'm gonna, I have no idea what the shape of the, the hooks lure. will be by this point, but I want that back. Yes. Sad but true. It, uh, Hopefully the bass didn't suffer too much with, right. a, with a, a, a pierced lip. But uh, that bass did elude us, as did most of the bass in the Gull River, sadly. Yeah, was, yeah. We were kind of unlucky, but Spotty, yeah, you, we got a picture of Spotty holding his bass, don't that's we? That's right, that's right. Proud eating size bass, about a two pound. Well, let's bass. ask Spotty. Spotty, how did uh, what what did you use to catch that? <laughs> I don't, did you get that? Bjorn? I couldn't quite make sense right, of what well, he's. Spotty's well, got a unique uh, dialect. That yeah, can be a little hard. For he's me. awfully cute, but. Uh, the, the, uh, I swear, the, I mean, do, you should learn to say excuse me. Right, right. It sounds sounds a little. But uh, gassy. Any, I I had my own Arbogast. Uh, well, no, excuse me. I take that back. Let's mention Yogi. If, yes. If, uh, going back to that episode in which we dug through Yogi's tackle box from his childhood in the fifties and sixties, and uh, amidst the mold, amidst the mold, we found <laughs> kind of a split-bodied. Arbogast jitterbug frog color, and I thought, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna be like Bjorn last go. year because I didn't go. have one. We got Bjorn a new one for his birthday. Yeah, at least he didn't lose no. the new one. That's no. good, Bjorn. No. But anyways, I uh, dug that one out of Yogi's box, and if you remember, if any of those you remember the show, uh, we had the tip from Steve O'Hearn, that great collector of old lures and all that kind of prices them hunting, out for the, fishing cabiny stuff, the antiquer in your life. He suggested that you. Take a, a hair dryer, turn it on hot, and uh, heat up the lure and scrub it with a dry toothbrush, which we did. And it did seem to come clear. Got a little it bit sure of a did. luster, a little shine. Look good. But I think the mistake, Bjorn, was putting that thing back into the moldy tackle box. Back into the cheese factory. Because when yes. I dug it out here, you know, several months after that, it was just as moldy as it was. <laughs> If not even a little more so. So I... I Fully croisoned. I kind of went, of course, on online and uh, YouTube and f- f- tried to find out what other people did to sure. get mold off. So I, st- I started doing all kinds of things with this. Tell us about right? it here, Fudd. What, what were the steps? Well, first, somebody recommended dishwashing soap. So I did that, scrubbed it. Lathered it up. Gently. And, uh, yeah, that cleaned it up a little bit. Sure. But, of course, after that, it still smelled. And then I got the idea, well, there's nothing like the sun and the ultraviolet rays to kind of... You bet. 
get rid of that kind of stuff. So I let it take a suntan out uh, for a couple of days in the sun on my deck out here, and and uh, it seemed to help. Kind of help too, right? Yeah. The next step, I the idea I had was, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to boil it. So I, well I boil it. I stuck it in a pan of boiling water, <laughs> went up and took a shower while it was on a low boil, and my wife was around so she could, you know, prevent any disasters. Keep an eye on the lure. Yeah. yeah. But I came back and uh, oh yeah, well it uh, looked like it was a little bloated. Uh-oh. Yeah, it looked. Uh, I thought, oh geez, well I took that out. Big and, frog. Yeah, it, it looked a little fleshy, and I tried to tell myself that well, you know, it looks a little more. Yeah, it looks a little overfed and fleshy. Maybe it's more succulent. Uh, so I let it sit in the sun some more. And then I realized, boy, I wasn't giving up on this. <laughs> in fact, let me interject this right, here. right here that I bought a three-lure set, an Arbogast three-lure set for Bjorn's birthday. You're here. And it came to a grand total of $9. There you go. And uh, I, here I am putting all this effort into that. But, but you know, it's, it's a vintage lure. And I thought, well, what the heck? I'm just going gonna, gonna to go for it. So the last step which I think was what helped it the most, was I, I found I had all these old packets of silica gel, and I emptied them out and put them in a little tiny plastic cup, enough to completely cover, cover the lure. the lure, the jitterbug. Was... And then I put it in a Ziploc bag and let it sit for a couple of days, and yeah, that seemed to, between all those things, uh, still had a little bloated look, but uh, it was fine, and I took it up and uh, cast it out, and after about three or four casts of pulling up nothing but weeds, I put it away. Well, we learned something very valuable with that whole excursion of yours, Fudd, and that is that you can clean it up, get it even a little larger than life, <laughs> and at the end of the day, bass just don't like the taste of bleach and silica gel. Well, I guess so. They've read the labels on those, on those <laughs> silica gel packs. Do not eat, and the bass yes. followed that to uh, to its end. So, yes, I, mean, I guess that... Sad but true. The, the weeds ignored it. But, right. Uh, and it, and it was weedy, no matter what we threw in. Even some of our more weedless, quote-unquote, lures would still pick up the Almost be weeds. interesting. You know, Steve O'Hearn was talking about the, the good old days of prime time, and the fish will almost bite on uh, cigarette butts if you oh, put yes. them on a hook and throw them out. Try, try a silica gel packet and see, <laughs> see what happens. <laughs> says, do not eat. The son of a gun took it. All right, oh, here we go. Reel yeah. it in. What do you know? Three-pounder. <laughs> and his mouth is dry. Yeah, Look at well, the dry lips on that poor You can catch and preserve the fish in one fell swoop. One fell swoop. But, um, Mounting ready. We visited the Donovans uh, during their Bassmaster Classic, and we didn't go up specifically to engage heavy-handedly in the, in the tournament. Cover the we? tournament, right. That was last year. And this we year did take the tracker, though. Serendipitous. And found Doug way down on the, on the Crow Wing River. You bet. And uh, something that in the old days would have taken like all day just to get down with a five horsepower motor and a 16 foot sea maid, but uh, now with the new tracker and its bigger motor, we... 115. So yes, 115. So we enjoyed that. No time at all. After really not catching well. anything, we right. <laughs> said, "Well, let's just go touring. Let's let's so. cruise the river at high speed and see what it looks like." Good stuff. Coming up in just a moment, Bjorn takes to the field and has a conversation with Square Deal Al, who shares his expertise on road food, microbreweries, and disc golf in cabin country.
Big meat. Big meat. Big potato. Big potato. Big tornado. Tornado. Good for what ails you. Hi-yi-yi-yi. This week and this week only, a twofer tornado offer at Fiberstone. Big meat. Two big meat potato, potato. tornadoes. Tornado. Hot off the roller grill. For only $2.99 with a regular size fountain drink. At your participating local fiber stop stations. Get them while they're hot. Fiber stop. For all your gas and digestion needs. Big meat. Big meat. Big potato. Big tornado. Good for what This is a test of the Cabin Country broadcast system. The broadcasters of your area in voluntary cooperation with the fishing, hunting, and cabin construction authorities have developed this system to keep you informed in the event of an outdoors emergency. If this had been an actual emergency, an early start to the smelt run on the Knife River, record numbers of pheasant flushes near French Lake, or a sail on the triple-glazed windows and pine paneling at Cross Lake Lumber, the attention signal you just heard would have been followed by official information, news, or instructions. This station, WCCN, serves the greater cabin country area. This concludes the test of the Cabin Country Broadcast System. And now back to Bjorn Lloydstead and Bud Klugman in Cabin Country. Well, Fun, I was just thinking about the fact that... Uh, the trip or trips every year, and, and and we've we've covered this in past cabin countries, uh, especially when we were young men, under the age of say fifteen. Right. Any any time spent in the car, regardless of what you'd eaten before you left, what you'd had to drink before you left, as a young person, something about the car moving on the freeway or the highway, country roads, all of a sudden, what are those words that come to mind? I'm hungry. Or right. I'm thirsty. Yes, this is ridiculous, and and often it's not. In my case, I could. Well, that's a lie. I was going to say I could con my dad into thinking he's hungry too, but usually he was one of those guys. <laughs> that, Just sit still, hurry up, we're going to get there. You know, um, I don't know if you had any more luck, Fud, than I did as a kid. No, it was yeah, pretty much the dad, same. We'll get a burger and then sit still and be quiet. Well, we always think those thoughts as you know we're heading up Highway Ten or whatever. And, all of a sudden, it's, the hollow spot starts to make itself known, and we think, hmm, here we are in the early phases of cabin country. We're entering in. What is there? What can we stop to get? You know, there's got to be something to eat, something to drink. Um, it seems to be kind of part and parcel with trips in the car, with the family headed to cabin country, or friends having to ca- headed to cabin country. And, and uh, the irony here is, Fudd, uh, last year, this is a piece I did. My This was the Bjorn Lloydstad inaugural launch into interviews in the field. Uh-huh. You were kind enough to hand off something Don had handed over to you, so a handheld digital recorder, and I thought, by gad, let's take it out in the field and talk to some of those people I know right. through uh, places of work or friendship groups. Uh, what are their ex- experiences with road food? And, uh-huh. uh you know, a, a good friend and colleague through my career uh, is, will be referred to solely as Square Deal Al. And Square, Square Deal Al is a guy, he and his lovely wife love to do camping trips all around cabin country, north, south, east, west. They're they're interested in, in seeing the greater Minnesota areas. And uh, Square Deal Al is a self-professed king of road food. 
uh-huh. king of road food. And on top of that, he's also a connoisseur of Cabin Country's microbrew uh, right. houses, yeah. the microbreweries that are popping up all over the place, almost like chicory plants on the side of the highway. <laughs> and uh, so if if our listeners will humor me here, you're going to get an opportunity now to hear my first field interview with a digital recorder sitting down with Squared Eel Al, who's going to tell us about some of his favorite road food offerings, as well as not just a couple of his cabin country favorite microbreweries, but also as an avid disc golfer, he's going to share a couple thoughts on, on one of his favorite pastimes, disc wow. golf in cabin country. So if, Fantastic. And if we can give Don the nod here, maybe he can sync up my, yeah. my, my inaugural flight as a in-the-field interviewer here for your listening entertainment is Words of Wisdom from Square Deal Al. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a new segment here on Cabin Country Podcast. I am Bjorn Lloydstad, as always, and I'm joined tonight by the Square Deal. Square Deal Al is going to be doing a short segment for us, Road Food with the Square Deal. How are you tonight? I'm doing well. Glad to have you. Glad to have you. Um... We're going to start things off a little bit. You and I go back a ways with some soccer coaching at the collegiate level, sorry, middle school level, a little off. But we talked at one point, you're a a man who enjoys the great outdoors, the camping. Cabin country audience can understand a love for camping in state parks. You at one point, you and your lovely bride, a camping trip to remind me of the park. Miniopa. Miniopa State Park. And a new measure, a unit of measure, was created on this trip, the Miniopa. Could yes. you give us a little insight, Square Deal, as to the Miniopa? Well, we share a love of many things, and uh, the one thing we share a love of is uh, sinking a few missiles. The hot dog. It's a meal in itself. What could be finer? And so, on that trip, a Miniopa was formed. How many dogs are we talking here, Square Deal? What is a Miniopa? Well, in reality, I had a third of a Miniopa that weekend. I I got a little big for my britches and told you, I think beforehand, you asked me... Uh, How many hot dogs are you going to sink to this weekend, yeah. Square Deal? And you said... I'm going to I'm gonna throw down about nine hot dogs. Good for nine dogs. Nine dogs. And that became the standard unit yeah. measure. The mini Opa yes. is nine of anything. Yeah. Ideally... While camping. While camping. While camping. At home, all yeah. bets are off. I mean, you could have five mini Opas of potato chips Absolutely. in the city. Absolutely. Easily. A mini opa of Skittle. Yes. Not unheard of. Yeah. A mini opa of s'mores might be a bit yeah. much. You're looking for an insulin injection. Well, you've done a fair bit of camping and traveling, Square Deal. And let's be what a state park other than mini opa, where might we find you and, and your well, lovely bride on the road? My go I've I've had probably four or five that we really enjoy, but the the go to lately and we uh-huh. as we get a little older we don't uh, we don't Set up the old tent as often as we used to, but hard on the back. Our go-to state park is Sakata State Park down Cicada. in Waterville, Minnesota. Waterville, Minnesota. What's the draw at Sakata? What do you like? Well, the draw for me is living in the uh, southern suburbs of the Twin Cities. Yes, we like to go away from traffic. And go. There we go. So we're not traveling north on those summer days when people like to drive north. You know, through Rogers and St. Michael, we are kind of uh, we're kind of done with that. Headed south. So where exactly is Sakata? Uh, you said Waterville. Waterville. Yes. And is it is it a camper cabin kind of thing that draws you? Is it a we we are uh, we are not glampers. We okay. We set up the old tent. Um, we do go uh, 
We do go um, air mattress at least. So I we're see. Not, we're not, I see. We're not bones yes. on the ground. No, that's hard. That's hard. I had that happen once because our young son accidentally pulled out the uh, rubber stopper for the yeah. air mattress and we woke up. So they, they do accommodate, obviously. Spine to soil. You they bet. accommodate okay. for those. But okay. we, uh, again, we like just a solid distance. And, uh, and um, like I said, there's it's near an, enough places to right. uh, pick up some old food, which Absolutely. might be a nice little segue. And so here we go. And, you know, we're not taking any uh, payola, if you will, yep. from any of the local convenience stores mm-hmm. or mom and pop shops along the road. But swear to you, when you pull into a spot, maybe it's a maybe it's a Casey's, maybe it's a quick trip, maybe it's a speedway, whatever it is. What what? grabs your up. What are you looking for in road food? Well, each convenience area does have a specialty in my eyes, but Absolutely. I'm um if I'm going to if I'm going to feature one, yep. I was going to say one item, but one gas station lately. Well, let's let's start up with the old Holiday why not? Is it a superstore? What are they? I, holiday? You know, sure. Why not? Superstore? I, no. I don't. Anyway, did they, the did hol- they get to swap out to Speedway? Is I, that? I no. That know. was that was Super America. I see. So, okay. All right. The holiday, the holiday store, the go-to, and uh, this is a combo. Combo this is not, platter. It's all about combo. Yep. And I believe for roughly six dollars, you can six, throw down six bones. The chicken and cheddar. Uh, what do you call it? A log, basically a roller. A roller grill. Yeah, no, yeah. It's, but this is just the straight up breaded chicken, sure. with cheddar. Yeah. On the inside, which uh, they don't really carry a buffalo chicken, which I usually would go for at most convenience offer. stores. Right. So I, I like to go with one of those, and then I like the, um, I like the, the torpedo, the pepperoni pizza. Torpedo. Uh, torpedo. Absolutely. One of those. Torpedo. So I tornado. Two, or I've tornado. Seen, there we go. Tornado. Yes. Yeah, Fine the, uh, Corinthian leather. Pepperoni pizza tornado. So those those two are kind of the mains. And then I like to I like a little kicker. I like the side of a any variety of Doritos. I, okay. Yesterday I All pulled right. off a salsa verde. Oh my Dorito work. Green man. sauce. So, that's that's gotta then, be new. I haven't seen that. That's and then uh you know, I like to wash it down with a just a, a cheap old Arizona. A libation. Arnie Palmer. Arizona yeah. tea. Arnie Palmer. Yeah. Little, little lemonade, little tea. That's not bad. So that is our, yes. that's our go-to man, for this week. And there may be yet more insights to the cabin country traveler who's headed mm-hmm. north, who's headed west, who's headed south, who's headed east. It yeah. doesn't matter I mean, where you're you going. You can find a holiday station store. There we go. Amen. Holiday station there store. It is. There uh, it is. At... Uh, most major highways. I feel like we start heading south or even east, we start to see more of the quick trip kind yes, of thing. Yes, uh, based on lacrosse. So. I believe so. Right. Yeah. And right. Uh, and they do they do well. But I like. If I'm going Sakata, it's straight up uh, Casey's General right in town. There we go. So. I understand now. A fellow colleague across the hall talked up the, the Casey's breakfast pizza uh, as yes. a road offering. We huh? that has been uh, that has been done. All right. All I, right. I'm not going to go full on rankings today of sure. all my favorite sure. breakfast pizzas, but. Absolutely. That, uh, that is Absolutely. on the list. So this time around with the square deal, we might be headed to Sakata State Park, and there's probably a pepperoni tornado, or yes, even a chicken and cheese? Cheddar. Cheddar. Chicken and cheddar sort of roller grill offering. Yeah. Straight up the, the protein pack fun and a little, little cheese in the center just to keep it, keep it honest. Keep it moist. Keep it moist. So moist. And then, of course, the Arnie Palmer straight from your Arizona can. Now, you are sort of the aficionado of the microbreweries. You're a home brewer in training, perhaps. 
Nope. Not quite yet. Just See, the sampler. Letting that, I, got letting the friend, that I got the bunch of friends who do that. I'm happy to be the sampler. I'm more of quality control. Taste tester, quality control. But you are a man who enjoys a tour across the state to visit the many microbreweries. For sure. If you were to pick two today, square deal. And maybe maybe one is near Cicada. Yeah. Maybe one's near Cicada. Maybe you're headed west. Maybe you're going north. What's grabbing your attention on this, the 24th of September, 2019? Well, let's let's head up north, up 169. Fair enough, sir. Fair enough. And we'll 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 make a quick stop in Anoka before we actually Anoka, make Minnesota. up our maybe there make our trek up to Garrison, Minnesota, or Home somewhere, of the or somewhere up there. But here, here. Um, we're gonna go to 10K Brewing, 10K which is Brewing. in the lovely downtown Anoka. Anoka, it's got some got some yep. quaintness to it. I'm For led sure. to believe, absolutely. And uh, we're gonna we're gonna kick it off today with a cold pressed Lunar, which is a sweet stout. Sweet, Sweet stout, stout, a little coffee in there, some caffeine, yes. keep you alert yes. to some extent. Yes, okay. a beautiful beer. Smoothly delicious. Beautiful you've had beer. this, you've enjoyed it, it's yep. right there for you. And then another offering might be? Well, let's go the wrong direction. Wrong direction. Let's even get past our state, we'll go down to Decorah, Iowa. Decorah, Iowa, which mighty, mighty Luther Norse, yes. ladies and gentlemen. Yes, indeed. Yes. Toured it a couple times now. Yes, and yes. the... Uh, the well-known Toppling Goliath Brewery. Okay, yeah. Toppling Goliath. Wow. For, yeah, so I thought I'd offer one option for all those hop heads out there. Indeed. A paler, drier. Yes, a nice double IPA and the uh, Supa Sumo. Supa Sumo. And, and right now, uh, I know you really want to just start slapping <laughs> I'm your belly. Feeling, I'm feeling Kamala the Ugandan Giant. Yeah. Come out of left field here, yeah. but I'll, I'll hold it in check. So yes, tell us about the Super Sumo Well. It's just a hoppy. It's, it's just it's very hop forward, but it's very drinkable. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe, if I remember, right, it's a little a little hazy, but it's not uh, quite as uh, citrusy as maybe some of those super hazy like All right. New England IPAs out there. Decora, Iowa, and Anoka, Minnesota. And one last, I'm just going to throw this at you because a horrible pun. You are the premier frisbee golfer. Yes. Here in this neck of the woods, mm-hmm. uh, a favorite outstate frisbee golf course. Ooh, um, you caught me on this one. I'm my sorry. Na- no, I, my names I like are. To throw a curve no, my the names the names out there, but I believe it's in Annandale. Annandale, Annandale. So, so you yes. you head up Highway 55. You bet. And uh, well, which, be you know what? Highway. And you know what? Well, as I'm uh, you know working on the fly right here, you could stop at Spilled Grain Brewery. Okay. In Annandale, Annandale as well. Who knew? So Square deal. Dude. That would That's be it. right on your way to Pleasant Lake. Pleasant Lake. Golf course. Disco. Yes. Is that a nine hole, I'm that guessing? That would be an 18 hole affair if I remember hole. correctly. Holy smokes. So, or baskets, at least. Baskets, yes. Yes. Yes, indeed. Yes, 18 I like baskets. That. Keep me on my toes, but... I love uh, it. I love it. All right. Well, uh, a fantastic inaugural edition of Road Food with Square Deal. Yeah. And it's not just road yeah. food. There's a lot of cabin country yeah. fans out there who are purveyors of the fine brewed malt beverages. Yeah. And I, I, it's nice to have a professional on staff who can add that that inside track. And also, what goes better with a, a cold, frosty than throwing a few discs? Yeah, so, well, whether it's a disc golf course or a, a beverage or, here, here. or a snack, I hope, I hope to uh, have brought you I a square deal. There it is. The Square Deal, thank you very much, and hopefully you'll see more of this and hear more of this next time on The Cabin Country. Stay square, friends. Where are the Twinkies? What's on sale? Well, Fudd, that was uh, good to hear from Square Deal. It had been a year, and, uh, you know, things 
get flying and we kind of lose things in the shuffle every now and again, but but we wanted to make sure we got the connoisseur Square Square Deal's take on uh, round one of road food and round one for me of using the handheld digital out in the field and sound quality may have suffered just a tad, but (laughs) it sounded okay. You could hear what you were saying. Yeah, yeah. And Al, of course, chimed in with some great information and kind of interestingly enough... um, Fudd, you and I, on our traditional trips up to the first time or the fall trip up or mm-hmm. any of these types of things, we have our usual plan. We'll get in the, the car and get rolling, and then and then we wait with the grocery stock in until we get a little closer to the Gull River. Right. And we've, over the years, kind of developed kind of a tradition. You know, we've got a couple spots that are good-sized grocery sellers, you know, in, mm-hmm. in Brainerd or, uh, or even Big Lake if we're feeling... Like we're a yeah. little behind time, maybe get that done and we're losing light or whatever. But this June with uh, an early launch time and, and uh, we thought we'd try something a little different. And uh, we stopped in uh, for groceries in, in Randall, Minnesota. That's right. Which is just off 10. And just before we turn off onto Highway 1, I believe it is. It's heading the scenic route. The scenic route. Yes, we uh, when you pass... Little Falls, you pass through Little Falls, Minnesota, land of Lindbergh. That's Charles correct, Lindbergh. Charles Lindbergh Interpretive Center. Then Absolutely. you come up to a junction or a um, highway division. You can either go straight on 371 toward Brainerd, and you'll be there in about 25 minutes, or you can stay on Highway 10, and then um, you get to the town of Randall, and that's kind of the... To me, I think of that as that sort of proverbial gateway to the Northwoods. Jumping because, off point for yeah. scenic byways. Of, it's kind uh, of a winding... Country highways. Winding country road of woods and farmland, and you see deer stands all over the place. Wetlands. There's a few small lakes. Absolutely. Turnoffs toward a few resorts here and there. In the fall, it's outstanding. Yeah, it's, absolutely it's, beautiful. it's beautiful. I mean, right. usually, you know, if you're in a hurry, you kind of stay on 371, which isn't a bad vista either it's no. straight shot and you do save about 10 minutes by going straight on 371 my dad would have loved it yeah. but if you just kind of want to you know take sort of See a the lonelier winding road yeah absolutely very nice but uh, so right there in randall for several years now they've had a a, a sizable grocery store right it's called boons now if i'm not boons mistaken Market, right? i believe yes tip of the cap to boons they they kitted us out well for the weekend lots of good, right good things to eat and drink uh, obtained there at Boone's Market. And with having just heard from Square Deal and his love for disc golf, the kind of crazy thing, we were in their parking lot there at Boone's Market and right across kind of a little service road, uh, a park in Randall, a bingo park. Bingo. And uh, it featured, a, I don't know if it was 9 or 18 holes, but a, but a Frisbee golf course right there, I mean, right across the parking lot. Oh, cool. From Boone's Market. So uh, I'm going to give give Al the... The heads up on that one. Head up towards Randall and some beautiful driving on, on Highway 1, but you could play yeah. at least nine or possibly 18 holes of, of disc golf right there in Randall. What do you call that in Frisbee golf? It's not holes. It'd be 18 ah. chain nets. I've talked with Al about that, and he says, oh, no, we call them holes. Oh, okay. It's, it's holes. In fact, you can get, you can get a, a clubs and golf ball golfer or a Frisbee golf golfer a disc golfer a uh, very upset by referring to one or the other as well the real game <laughs> you know and I've, I've watched this occur at work where oh really well it's not frisbee golf i'm playing real golf here wait a minute now no, no, no. and and 
yeah, you know, the hackles raise up a little bit, and both both camps like to say, well, let's not sell each other short here. I like your game, but I play frisbee golf. I, yeah, I like your game. It's nice. It looks like a, a good walk, but uh, i got to have my bag and my cursory foul language as I drive a golf ball. <laughs> yeah. Right. 30 yards into the rough or into a swamp or something crazy like that. I, I for one, and I know I'll speak for you here as well, Fudd, I'm not committed to either. <laughs> so it doesn't right. really I, matter. I was going to suggest that maybe we're in that category of golf, either frisbee or club, as being a good walk spoiled. Yes, yes. But um, yes, I used to. We used to. We did. We have we did. friends. In fact, Buck Fielding. Yeah. Oh, we've he loved uh, uh, swing the sticks. and uh, Went boy. with him and another avid Fisher guy. Uh, Dan, he's, yeah. uh, he was also a so uh, couple of rounds with Ross as well, and right. let's let's not kid ourselves. There was some very colorful language. Oh yes, as we yes intermittent golfers at best right. showed our skills or lack thereof by indeed driving into oak trees or. I think when kids, when I became a dad and uh, was mostly the stay-at-home dad, um, the idea of spending three hours out. Well, for some people, I suppose it'd be a great escape. It's yeah, like, oh, I, I'm not going to say, Fudd, now hold on. I, yeah. I love the idea. Right. I just couldn't get clearance to do it because there was a lot I just, going on. I think for me, it's like, wait a minute, I've got three hours of a break. I don't want to spend it golfing. But, right. but right. I, I should say that uh, it, it was fun. Hanging yeah, out with we enjoyed it. Bug fielding and the, the others. And, but yeah, uh, we're Frisbee golf, I've done it a couple of times. Um, but uh, if you like it, you can... Find it at Bingo Park in Randall. Randall, Minnesota, right across Stop from for some frisbee Market. golf and then get stock up. Stock get your cooler up at loaded and, and, uh, and head to the campground. And then, then hit the that cabin, Highway 1 winding around cabin. up till you get to Pillager and then get back, then get on the Highway 210. And then we're just five miles from the entrance to West Gull Lake Road. There you go. And, so, not, and not to sell Pillager short here either. I, I love coming into Pillager on one there. And crossing the Crow Wing oh, yeah. River, yeah. and uh, it's just it's such a it's such a nice scenic kind of thing. And then, Fudd, you were telling me too there was a, a tale from Fudd's past with your uh, with your dad and and the brothers. Uh, there is a, a train track that goes right through town. Yes, and uh, tell us tell us a little more about that at Randall. Yeah, when yeah. you when you oh this is at Randall now. This right. Is until, okay. All you, right. You I turn off correct. at. Uh, Highway 10 and in Randall, and there's a railroad that tracks that you cross. And one, my first hunting trip with my dad, which referred to in our hunting episode way Correct. back when. Yes. And uh, it was just my dad and I, and it was after dark. You know, it's October, so the sun goes down Brisk. fairly quickly. And the heater on cool. in the car, you bet. And all the way up, you know, you, you're kind of riding alongside the railroad track for quite the way, quite oh, a ways yeah. up, oh, starting yeah. with like Following Elk. Highway 10, absolutely. Yeah, Elk River. Anyways, um, we'd seen that, and my dad said, "Oh yeah, we'll we'll probably we'll pass, pass that, it, pass that train, no problem." But oh. by the time we got to Randall, it was coming, and it was dark, and we could see the light, you know, the big three lights of the 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 engine. Yeah. And this was a time when they didn't have the arms that blocked the road; it was just the stop sign that would kind okay. of turn. <laughs> yeah, all right. And the ding, 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 ding—the real sure. bells, not yeah. the recorded yeah. thing. And uh, but my dad went for it. I oh mean, boy. it was we could see it, and oh my god, are we gonna make it? And he gunned it across. But I mean, we were wow. the thing was um, not far away. Well, I'll just say <laughs> that we were both like, oh my god, my dad was kind of cursing himself that uh, all right, that was a little too close. We probably shouldn't. Have. So that was thrilling. 
That was thrilling. Um, well, I know but, I've heard Fudd uh, from people. Yeah, we're both railroad fans, yes. railroad buffs. Mm-hmm. You're even a, a model railroader yourself. A little bit, um, yes. Talking to people. Uh, I've taught kids whose parents work in railroad industry and, the, mm-hmm. and, and all that stuff where they're talking about railroad crossings. Mm-hmm. You know, if a train is at speed, it takes a train, I think, upwards of half a mile just to stop. Oh, man, yeah. And, you know, that accounts for so many of those. So your dad kind of flipped the coin of luck and said, we're, gonna, we're just going to do this. And yeah. Thankfully, you're here to help host the show. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, I right. suppose there's that, you know, you've got that fight between, oh, we're going to have to wait here for a good five minutes. Oh, so. my goodness. My dad's a lot more laid back now. He's yeah. like, you know. Enjoy the train. What's, you know, just, just watch your it, time. Enjoy it. Hear exactly. We like it anyways. The whistle. Oh, the, yeah. the sound of it, and in fact, of course, it wasn't. It was the Donovan Bassmaster Classic last year when we covered that in our episode that uh, we referred to that that line that crosses the Gull River on 210. You bet. And it's that's why I've always had that great association with the sound of the the train whistle or horn. Oh man, from from your dad's place there, your place yeah. there on the Gull, boy, to hear that it's just it's just far enough away that it's it's yeah. kind of haunting. Yeah. Melancholy. Doesn't make the cabin shake like it did no. the shack there. Yeah, the, the shack, they're feeling it, but Stone we just throat. hear it. It sounds like so many Red Sovine songs or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so many Johnny Cash ballads. I don't know. You were mentioning the Pillager then. like So after you take Highway 1 for like 25 minutes or so. And sure. I don't know what it is. It's um, 18 miles or so. And then you get into Pillager and you have to slow way down to 30. Yep. And you cross that bridge, cross the the Crow Wing River, and I did mention this as well that back in the day, in, yeah. uh, oh, in the nineteen seventies, it was sure. like a, an iron cross bridge or something, but it was in rough shape. I say iron, but I remember it was kind of a rickety thing. Okay, you know, wooden or something, but uh, crossing like that river has always been part of the. Well, we're here, you know, we've made it to cabin country. Goom, 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 goom. We got across the bridge. Yes, in one piece, we're and safe. Now, yeah, we, we passed the train. We Take got. We didn't right. get hit by the train. Yeah, and we've passed the bridge over the Crow Wing, and now we jump on two ten, back into the find our cabin. So let's go shoot some fowl. <laughs> right, <laughs> but uh, yes, a good, a good road trip. Well, thinking of thinking of waterfowl, thinking of deer in the in the autumn, makes me start to think of Schmidt Scenic. The Schmidt Scenic. It's been a long time. It has. Here, it since has. We've but done. We're long overdue, ladies and gentlemen. If you'll. Stay with us just a little bit longer. We've got yet one more walk down memory lane with Fudd and Bjorn and the Schmidt Scenic Collection. Right after this. Attention outdoor and active types in cabin country. We proudly present CC30, the Cabin Country Workout brought to you by the Cabin Country Podcast in cooperation with Timberwolf Channels. C90? C60? With the Cabin Country Workout, you'll only need 30 minutes. Let's go! Start your workout by limbering up your back with the CC30 Fishing Boat Bailout. All of our Timberwolf gyms boast your choice of 12, 16, or 18-foot fishing boats, each holding a full three days' worth of rain. Your choice of coffee can or modified plastic milk jug bailing device. Empty that craft and move on. Squat poles? Who does that anymore? 
Timberwolf gyms offer you the outboard start. Choose from a lineup of 5, 9, 25, and 40 horse vintage outboards, all of which await your best efforts to get them started. Some are flooded, others are just plain old. Pull with everything you've got. Once you've got that up and running, it's the chainsaw challenge. You've heard of lat flies? Here's the big daddy of lat flies. Similar to the outboard start, but with a different stance and angle to really work those triceps, lats, back, and neck muscles. If the chainsaws are all in use, you'll get a similar workout with the Cabin Country Old Lawn Mower Pole. You'll pull until your arms ache and never get these saws or mowers started. Aggressive, intense, some say almost impossible. And if it's straight up core, upper body, and arm strength training you're looking for, Head out behind each of our Timberwolf gyms and choose your axe or maul. It's stuff clearing or log splitting time. You're not done until you've stacked one full cord. This is the workout where the tires hit the pavement or the boots hit the trail. The CC30 workout, the toughest workout you'll ever love. We're glad to see you're still with us. Let's get back to Bjorn Fudd in cabin country. Something we haven't visited for quite a while here on cabin country. And 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 I think we've been asked by a few of those hundreds of thousands of callers. That's right. Who've called in, Don. Well, I've been... And it's been good to get those to us. And, and uh, they've said, what about what about the Schmidt Scenics? Where it are you at? Where it's been a while. How about a Schmidt Scenic collection edition the launch of the boat and the cabin is open edition of the schmidt scenic collection so i think one thing we've got to do here fud is dig deep into the collection and uh, as the as the captain of a newly launched vo- you know vessel i think ah. it is your draw here sir grab Mike, one Mike fish Richard. around in the collection of my, mighty can. schmidt cans of the, here i am i'm juggling them not mistaking uh, the fine artwork of les cuba and what does Fudd come up with on I th- this? I thought we had been through most of them, but uh, lo and behold, there's still quite a bit. And there's still plenty. What have we? Okay, all right. I'm closing my eyes here. Here it is. Drawing the and it's it's the doe and two fawns looking down the river and seeing a a riverboat. A riverboat, a proud riverboat coming up the Mississippi, coming up the Minnesota. You know, I'm wondering, can you? Look, look up there. That's not have a look. supposed to be Fort Snelling, is it up there? That might be Fort Snelling. I think it is. It's reminding me of the other old paintings of Mendota, Minnesota. Right. Where the fort is up top there, and there's always a riverboat going by. And in the distance, the steadily growing capital Oh, St. Paul, Minnesota. Hey. Or at least that's the artistic license we're going to run with tonight, Fudd. Okay. It sure looks like it. That, that to me, looks like the juncture of the two rivers, the headwaters. Well, not headwaters. Oh, yes. Somebody somebody, well, give me a cup of coffee. Of the Minnesota I, River. Well, the Minnesota joining the, the Mississippi. Right. Right there at the fort in the background, the burgeoning city under the watchful gaze of uh, Fort Snelling and the, the proud old days of the, the paddle wheel steamboat. Coming up the river, the couple of deer, well, a deer and two two fawns, watching it all happen. Do you have a Do you have a past history with uh, well, Steamboat Minnesota, Fud? No, I mean I've been on some of the uh, remodeled or newer makes of steamboats. The rebuilds the... on the Saint Croix. They, okay. They, yeah. In a past life, I put my video 
cinematography toward wedding videography for oh, a while. Yes. And oh, yes. There were many a, a trip on, on one of those paddle boats. Right. And uh, guests coming in and grabbing a beer. I don't know if they were Schmidt, but <laughs> with the history of that of the area, you know, it's Mendota, Minnesota, which is actually based on the word bedote, which is the conjunction of the of the Minnesota and Mississippi rivers. And, right, uh, right. It's, it's an important spot to the Dakota people, and of course that's where they built the Fort Snelling military installation. Look out there, the correct, fort. Correct, correct. And uh, so, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of history. But Les Cuba, you know, he was from Hutchinson, Minnesota. I did not know that. And he designed a sculpture of Chief Little Crow. Who oh, was, how about that? Who was a very important figure during the, the Dakota War in 1862. Little Crow led that. Right. Led his warriors on that. And it's a complicated history. I've been involved with it for many years now. But we'll just keep it on the Les Cuba interpretation of things. <laughs> There's a newer sculpture of Little Crow in downtown Hutchinson. Okay. It's kind of overlooking. He's kind of got his eyes or his hand shading his eyes as he looks out across the Minnesota River in uh -huh. that part. So that's kind of the connection there. Artist Les Cuba, born in Hutchinson, Minnesota, which was the place where Little Crow was eventually killed um, like a year after the outbreak. So, yeah, there's a lot... I guess there's a lot on this can. Holy cows! We could we could devote a whole series just on entire you know, history. The lesson. meaning of that, you know, the old river boats, and I'm even told to weave in a little bit more history, and of course with river boats, is that uh, Henry David Thoreau himself, oh my. when he took a trip out here to Wal Walden Pond, yes, the, the well-known author of Walden, he uh, he took a trip and was on a riverboat himself on the Mississippi River and passed through St. Paul. Sure. And I think was even told about Little Crow as being one of the the prominent chiefs at the time. And I think I think he even overheard a, a speech Little Crow had made, according to my, my historian friend, Mark. He said that uh, he was impressed with Little Crow's uh, ability to speak. That was one of the things this chief was known for, his eloquent way of speaking. And order. So, yes. yes, great order. So, yeah, we've got uh, Henry David Thoreau visiting from out east, and maybe he's on this riverboat here that the deer are looking at. Uh, you never know. Uh, or perhaps the riverboat is resplendent with sixth graders on a field trip. <laughs> That's right. I, I recall a couple of trips on similar paddle boats. I, I know, you know, Don will field any of the incoming complaint calls and or possible lawsuits, but uh, <laughs> being on both the Jonathan Paddle Ford at one, one point mm -hmm. and the Josiah Snelling, on a different trip, and yeah, two field trips, and, and going up river, down river, on both, and, and uh, asking teachers, "Is this really a steamboat and paddle boat?" I mean, look in the back. You see the paddle wheel turn? Yeah, I think I see some propellers down there too. No, you don't. Okay. <laughs> and multiple schools. I remember one trip well, Fud, because I was standing there on the rail watching the big paddle wheel turn, and there were several schools, and all of a sudden the top of my head got really wet. And I was like, oh my, what the heck just happened? That's that's a goob. Somebody spit on my head. And looking up top and on the second rail, a bunch of young louts from a different elementary school laughing lives. and pointing. And, ah, 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 ah. <laughs> I'm going to run up there right now. And all my friends going. And one of the teachers saying, we won't have any brawling on the Josiah Snelling today. <laughs> uh, kids spit on my head. <laughs> I just enjoy the view. I got a wet head. 
Interesting yeah. times, interesting times. And let's not forget, too, a, a good many of the local area high schools love to have their their, their spring dances on oh. these on these paddle boats. And yes. I recall uh, someone, okay, my, my, my lovely wife, who was on one of these during a high water time. Not unlike this year, where the, you know, the rivers were incredibly high because of all the snow and the snow melt and the rainy, rainy, rainy spring. It was a year similar to that, and it was the year of her senior prom. They got on this paddle boat and ended up, it was sort of out of control. It it couldn't handle the water, and they ended up just kind of drifting downstream much farther (laughs) than they hoped to get, and and they couldn't actually put to shore until almost, you know, some crazy hour of the morning, and and kids were like, well, this is great, but give me a break. I kind of want to get off this thing. Just talking about, yeah, we got more than our money's worth on that one. <laughs> wow, what yeah. an adventure. Well, you know, those the whoever's dance. whoever's running that company, that I don't know if the Minnesota Packet Boat Company or who they are, but they've got those two rebuilds, the Paddleford and the Snelling. They're they're well done and and they're fun to be on. It's a great view from the river and interesting to see that particular spot, you know, the fort overlooking everything. You know yeah. exactly why they built where they built. They wanted to control both sides of the river and at the same time be you know, kind of a gatekeeper, I guess, to the interactions between white society and First Nation society. And, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, there's a lot that can be said about that from either direction, but uh, an interesting place nonetheless. Not to not to stray from that, but getting back to Cuba for a second, if I'm not mistaken, he was the winner of a couple of duck stamp competitions oh. throughout throughout the state's history. I think a couple of less Cuba paintings might have made it onto the... The waterfall stamp. I think so. We're going to have to go to the website or something. Absolutely. Absolutely. Find out. I know I looked it up before, but because uh, I do have a Les Cuba. I have two. You've got two Cubas. Two Cuba paintings. My uh, goodness. One is a, a, a like four or five uh, bluebills. A bluebill. Flying in foreground. A bluebill. Another one here is an old old hunting shack. The old shack. I was kind of in a... Smoke coming out. Well, maybe not. It looks like clouds, actually. Sorry. It looks like it might be abandoned. I don't know. Well, it's a, it's a beautiful watercolor. It is nice. And the billowing, billowing clouds. That's, uh, yeah, it's really nice. It is nice. So, I, I, I recall a neighbor of mine who at one point bequeathed to me the multiple fishing tackle boxes that we went through. Oh, yes, it's yes. Steve O'Hearn and... You know, bequeathed to me a 16-gauge shotgun, a 22-long rifle, the whole bit. He was an avid hunter, fisherman, his whole life, and has all the paintings in his house. I think kind of the secondary activity in his life was correcting, correcting, correcting papers for English teachers. I take that back. Collecting wildlife art, and he and his wife talked at one point about how happy they were that they'd finally gotten, you know, an early run print of a Les Cuba painting. Oh. And they were big fans of the Yellow Labs, and I think it was it was a combo platter of waterfowl and possibly a Yellow Lab in, in the, the painting. painting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And huh. they said, Ooh, and it's a Cuba. You know, Whoa. as about a nine-year-old, I was like, "That sounds funny. It's a Cuba." <laughs> Cuba. No, no, no. Really, it's a big deal. And you know, they huh. they have moved on to the great reward, I guess, and Lord knows where. All that ended up, but uh, they did have a. Their house was kind of a gallery of what could be, you know, waterfall stamp paintings. Yeah, very, very nice, very nice stuff. Well, we've talked a lot about deer and right fawns and all that good stuff. The mighty, mighty 
steam paddlers, the riverboat gamblers, the craziness, all that kind of stuff. I don't know. Is there much more to add here, Fudd? I, I, I don't I, I, know. I don't think so. Like I said, it is a can loaded with all kinds oh of my. references. And, Without a doubt. And uh, I didn't realize that it, that it was Fort Snelling. I guess if you're going to see a riverboat in Minnesota, it's going to be near Fort Snelling for some reason. That's I, right. All the old That's paintings right. I've seen. Flying the waters near, near the fort. And I'll say just this can in general, too, for all of those who still fancy themselves somewhat beer can collectors. This is a steel can uh-huh. there are no 22 holes in it anywhere it's, it's it's in good condition perfectly intact although the paint job has faded a little and i'm not gonna lie to you fud this came out of that classic trash dump uh-huh. out in the woods behind the old daggett lake cabin right. it comes from the days when you peeled off a a uh, ring tab on the top and threw it somewhere where it usually landed in the sand of a lake shore, and some kid like me running into the lake then sliced open their big toe, and, and people decided maybe we need to stop doing that. And then, much to the delight of our friend Buck Fielding, they were making sure you knew the level of alcohol in this can. They've painted oh, yeah. strong right across the top, and Buck has always found Say that no. to be incredibly funny. Weak? Is that a three-two or is that strong? Oh, that's a that's strong, strong beer, Buck. <laughs> so yes, yes indeed, a steel can with the pull-off tab, and it is strong. strong. I, I remember it's I used to find beer. these fud out in that that dump, and I I could I you know typical seven-year-old kid, ten-year-old kid, I couldn't help myself. I'd always pick it up, and I gotta smell the can. Is it? Oh, I can still smell beer in there. Oh man, I wonder. Oh yeah, that's strong. Wow, wow, you know, it might be full of, like, decomposing cottonwood leaves and, right. and mud and maybe a dead worm, but, oh, there's still, I can smell it. Oh, that's so cool. Wow. And then packing these up in a bag and bringing them home in the back of the Pinto, and my dad just grumbling and shaking his head. You know, good. <laughs> Excellent. Are you picking up that tr- Kid's garbage. bringing more trash back home to stack up in his room. Is there any hint of beer odor now in that no, Well, let me give it a whiff here, Fudley. No, I'm smelling... I'm smelling an empty can. I shake it. There's not even any renegade dirt in here. It's just a clean, clean slightly can. faded can from years of sitting there in the sun, out in the woods, atop a pile of rubbish. Lord knows, you know, a little bit of, little bit of wayward rust on the seam on the back. But yes, indeed, this, this was a proud one. I, I remember having these stacked in my room as a kid. My beer can collection kind of followed the wall. It was about 10, 10 cans high, probably 75 wide. Wow. And it was classic elementary school kid engineering. Oh, yeah. If anybody came in my room looking for anything, it was like a bad you know, <laughs> right. comedy sketch. I'd hear somebody like, oh, there's a drawer. <laughs> and every can was over. Oh, my God. gosh. God, I'd, here we go again. And not to hammer too hard on the beer can collecting of yesteryear, but... Some of my friends had these plastic kind of clip things. Oh. And it would hold like 50 cans. And you could, you know, screw it into the wall. And you just kind of press these things in and it would hold it. Oh, really? Yeah, so it was like a trophy case. And all I could ever think was, yeah, but with those aluminum cans, man, you got to press it in there and dents the sides. And then, you know, the value's gone. And what are you going to do then? Well... I, I'm curious as to how many people actually made their retirement money off selling their old beer can collection. <laughs> yeah, I I had a very meager collection myself, and I'm trying to even remember if it... I mean, I had a couple of grocery, paper grocery bags Yep. F- filled with some 
beer cans and uh, I don't remember if my mom even allowed me to stack them up anywhere. I think I just had them. And I'm sure I've shared this story of the the infamous steel Colt 45 that I found. It was kind of faded on one side pretty badly. My good friend across the street, Rick, he had a pretty good size beer can collection. Sure, sure. And uh, I brought over this one that I'd found. This was up at the Osakis cabin. Just okay. found it in the ditch up there. And, right. Whoa, cool. And uh, I brought it over to him, and he said, Oh, you know, I've got a nicer looking one of this. If You, you know, it's, it's all the paint is look really nice. It's really sharp. It's pristine if you want to trade. new, shiny I Colt said, 45. Whoa. And then he got it out and showed me, Oh, okay, that, that sounds good. Oh, okay. Well, sure. Are you sure? Yeah, that that's fine. I mean, go ahead. You can have this one. I'll take that one. So we traded. And, of course, immediately upon trading, he said, This is steel. They don't make them anymore. It's more valuable. And now you've got one that you can find anywhere. Ha, ha. It's just like, uh, oh, thanks, wow, Rick, you good, buddy. good friend of mine. Oh, my... yeah. It's a couple times that happened in various Bamboozled. Yes, I was a bamboozled. A <laughs> wow. By a beer can collector, 10-year-old. Wow. What are you gonna do? Yeah. Well, what was your what was your your flagship beer can, Fud? What do you remember? What you had that was just like this is it? Nobody's taking this one out of my mitts. This is the best can I've got. Boy, that's a that's a really good question. But the first one that pops into my head that I just thought was the prettiest. Yes. Was the Shell's beer can? Oh yeah. Which was from New Ulm, Minnesota. Right. But it had a real pretty like. You know, evening sky, I don't know, just reds and blues. Paint jobs were always amazing on those Shells yeah. cans. Kind of that late 70s, early 80s Shells cans where there was I mean, a Shells Bach that had a beautiful painting of a, a beer keg with a goat in front of it and like leaves mm-hmm. and vines and a setting sun. Yeah, they're beautiful, yeah, beautiful cans. Sun. Yeah, I, there's something to the deer head on it or something that was shiny. Uh, it was just, I know it wasn't a terribly hard valuable but but it was one i really liked i remember little tiny like olympia those seven ounces yeah little Oli. little Oli. (laughs) yeah for some reason i remember that as being like this is cool the next to that i had my big fosters yes yes so again the ones i liked weren't i didn't i didn't really know enough about what were what was rare um and of course, there was the, my my newer Colt forty five. All right, well, we'll leave that one go. <laughs> but how about yourself? Which did you have a couple that were? Yeah, you know, I had I had both the uh, the aluminum and steel little Oli. Mm-hmm. I had the aluminum and steel seven ounce PBR, the Pabst Blue Ribbon. Oh yeah. I had a I had a tiny little seven ounce opened with a church key. Oh. You, know, you had to open it with an actual can opener. Wow. Glick Stite. Ooh. Which is again locally produced, but long gone, and so mm-hmm. kind of ooh, look at that. And then uh, I had some odd ones. I had a on the same size as a Foster's Lager. I had something called a KB mm-hmm. that had a it was gold, but it was that same giant size. Yeah. And then I had uh, I had something I thought was particularly crafty. Uh, it, it was Robin Hood Cream Ale, and on the cover it was a bearded Robin Hood-like character with a huge grin on his face, hoisting a wooden tankard mm. in front of a big you know, keg of nut brown ale. I have no idea where it came from. <laughs> I have no idea if it was worth anything, but it looked cool. Well, yeah. And, it's all uh, about the artwork. Yeah, yeah. It's just, and nobody's ever seen this before. This is the coolest thing ever. And oh, my God. I, you know, you, I don't want your full card collection of the Minnesota Twins this year for that. Forget it. I'm keeping this beer can. <laughs> yeah. That's just how it is. And, 
yeah, I ended up as an adult, you know, that was no longer interested in drinking or collecting anything beer. I ended up taking these all, all these cool cans I had and giving them to a friend of mine who is still very much active in beer drinking, beer, uh, beer paraphernalia, beer lights, you name it. I was like, do you want these? Because otherwise, I think I'm being condemned to recycle them. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 I'll, I'll, I'll take those. I'll put those in my, my bar down in the basement. This, oh, it's amazing, man. I, I remember these days. And, of course, then he and I started talking about, what was your favorite can? Yeah. Oh, man. You know, he was from southern Wisconsin, and he had all these cool kind of Illinois, Wisconsin, Indiana things. And I was like, oh, man. And it's hmm. just crazy how people start talking about that particular hobby. Mm-hmm. And if you were ever a part of it, man, it doesn't take much to kind of get the flames flickering again. You're, you know, even Buck, talking with Buck about yeah. his, oh, God, I, you know, I've actually thought I might start kind of collecting again, you know, and yeah. bringing back in some of these crazy old cans. Like, yeah, most of us are married at this point. <laughs> right. and most of our significant others are sort of like, or not, you know, <laughs> probably not. Get those things out of here. Although, Especially the ones I had that were always like, sh- you know, shake it. There's old dirt in here. Maybe uh-huh. something dead. <laughs> Several exoskeletons. <laughs> yeah, get that out of the house. But uh, nothing says a, a mother deer and two fawns and a steamboat like beer can collecting. And we've, right. we've certainly come full circle, but we let's have. not kid ourselves. It's, uh, it's, 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 you know, a many-splendored can here. We've got the stories of Cuba. We've got the... You know, Minnesota history itself of that convergence of the two rivers mm-hmm. and the age-old practice of collecting steel cans, aluminum cans, That's right. and mounting them to your wall. <laughs> it's powerful stuff. Yes. Powerful stuff. Um, so I don't know. Perhaps, Fudd, that ends this shorter edition of, of uh, the Schmidt Can Collection. Looks like we've we got been a, a guess out of our t- case of 20, the easy-to-carry 24-can case. We've still got about six, I think, oh. a six-pack we can cover at some point. Stories from the past and the condition of the can and what does it remind us of. Plenty to work with, so... Looking forward to it. Perhaps that's a good place to stop, Don, if you don't mind being the engineering wizard that you are. We'll uh, take a break with this segment and then get you back to cabin country proper. Sounds good. All right. Fill your coffee, take a moment, and we'll be right back. Sleep. Perhaps the most important thing in your life. A good night's sleep is more important than just about anything else. White noise and ambient sounds have become calming and soothing sleep producers for many people in our world. Gentle rainfall, sighing winds, the calm hum of a gas furnace. All of these sounds have value in helping you sleep. Why not find your calming ambient sounds in your favorite place, the wondrous outdoors? Drift off to dreamland while listening to the ambient sounds of the Woodland Mystic 2000. The Woodland Mystic generates such soothing sleep sounds as the bedside sleeping Springer, the old TV that has reception problems, the hum of the five-horse outboard, and your friend, the old yellow chainsaw. Nothing helps you succeed in life like a steady sleep cycle, and nothing results in restful slumber like effective ambient sound. The Woodland Mystic 2000 awaits you. Drift off with it tonight. One more word, fun about uh, 
Yes, uh, again, Cabin Country we have, Pod. I, we, we have ten coffee mugs. Ten coffee Cabin mugs. Cabin Country Podcast coffee mugs. A good-sized mug. And uh, they last. You can wash them in the dishwasher. They're from Color fast. Just because that's cool. I don't yes. know. Yes. If I want one of those mugs, Fudd, what do I have to do? Well, you have to uh, one of the go to iTunes and write a review on the Cabin Country Podcast. There we go. And then uh, contact us at Cabin Country Pod at gmail.com and write us a little note saying, hey, I don't know if you've seen it, boys, but uh, I did write a review, so uh, <laughs> can I have that mug now? Ideally, I'm one of the first ten. Now, keep in mind, if you're number 11. Right. Well, it is for sale. Don, what is the price on that? I can't remember. He's Don. sleeping. I think he went on a break. Oh. At any rate, but yeah, we've got ten of them that we're going to hand out for free. We would love to have right. ten additional Cabin Country mugs out there in the hands of people saying, Hey. I listen to Cabin Country, yes. and I like hot coffee, tea, postum, yes. whatever it is you're drinking out of that. Right. But yes. it would look good, and if you're one of the first ten, by gad, you you could have one of those mugs. Right, right. And I hope we've done that right, so we're not, uh, you know, going to cheat anybody out of one. But uh, Potential lawsuit. Right. I didn't get my mug, you I don't know, you guys. Cut it out. I changed my mind. I don't like listening to these guys at all. <laughs> any rate, well, thanks for hanging with us. Yes. Kind of a lengthy hodgepodge this week, but a good yeah. show and lots of lots of interesting material. And right, there are more coming. Yes, get ready. We're we're feeling our oats. It's it's cabin country summer season. We've got a lot to talk about, and we certainly yes. will. But in the meantime, have fun yourselves in cabin have fun country. Fun yourself. Tell us what you're doing. What you're doing out there? You know, cabin yeah. country pod at gmail.com. And by all means, uh, refill your coffee mug. Right. We're gonna let the cabin door slam shut here. Close out one more See edition next of time. Cabin Country. See you next time. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.